Welcome to the Speak As Well As You Think podcast brought to you by Vautier Communications. I'm your host, Jenny Rurick. The goal of this show is to uncover communication strategies and behaviors you can use to improve the way you show up and perform at work. I'll sit down with communication experts and professionals across different fields to uncover what effective communication looks like in action so you can apply to your own career. If you'd like a written summary of each episode, subscribe to our weekly email newsletter by visiting vautiercommunications.com. That's V-A-U-T-I-E-R communications.com. Check out the show notes for a link. Welcome back. Today, Jen Alex is back with me, and we're going to be talking about nervousness and anxiety when it comes to speaking or on the more formal side, presenting. This is a topic we talk a lot about with the people we work with, whether that be individually or in groups, because nervousness is something we all feel regardless of your experience level. We like to share a quote by Mark Twain related to this. Jen, do you remember that quote? Yeah. He says, there are two types of speakers in the world, those that are nervous and those that are liars. And so it's really important for everybody to allow themselves to feel those nerves because it seems like when we fight back against them or we tell ourselves they don't exist, they come back with a vengeance. And then that's when they can really impact our delivery or get in the way and hijack our meetings or talks. We need to accept them. They're going to be there for all of us. You and I do this for a living, and I still experience them when we step into a training room. We're going to be working with a new group. The good thing, though, and what we teach and the benefit to investing time in developing your speaking skills or practicing your communication is having a skill set to fall back on can help ease that those nerves and give you confidence in knowing even though you might feel them on the inside, they're not showing up on the outside. Yep. Jen, from your experience, where where can nerves or anxiety when people are speaking to groups come from? What are some of the sources of nervousness or anxiety? There are a couple of big ones that come to mind. I'll pick out four specifically. The first one is probably what a lot of people feel not being prepared for that meeting or interaction. Whether it be you were asked to give a presentation or run a meeting really last minute and you didn't have a lot of time to prepare or organize, or perhaps maybe to your own fault, you didn't take enough time and put it aside to really understand your content and build it out in a way that would be easy for you to deliver. That's the first big place. Second, it can be situational. So for some people, it might feel like a high pressure meeting or presentation, and that makes it feel more like a performance than a conversation, which obviously just adds more nerves or anxiety onto it. The third place would be the audience you are presenting to. And you know, we've worked with tons of different clients. Some of them say, I would rather present to a group of people I have never met before because I'm just not nervous. I'm probably never going to see them again. So it's not as anxiety filled. Other people said, I would rather speak to people I know every single day because I'm comfortable with that audience. And so I feel better about being in front of the room, speaking to them. Your audience might also have varying levels of knowledge. And so that can create some nerves. 
And then some people call them, quote unquote, important people. Let's say you are speaking up to your C-suite. You are pitching to a brand new client or customer. That brings in, ties in the situation where there's a little bit of stress because of it being a high stakes meeting, but also due to the audience you're presenting to. And then the fourth and final one, some people are so focused on the outcome that they are hoping to achieve that that's the only thing they can think about throughout that entire talk, which makes them feel slightly out of control in the moment. And, or it could be a combination of any one of those things. And it's not that we necessarily need to know exactly where the nerves are coming from, but to build on what you had said, it's helpful to know that often there are aspects of our environment or how we prepare that can reduce the level of nervousness or anxiety. If we allow ourselves to believe that the nerves and anxiety are exclusively the result of who we are as a person, mm -hmm. that gives us no control yep. over easing those nerves or that anxiety. And all of a sudden we simply blame ourselves for not being the type of person that can confidently speak up in front of a group of people. Yeah. What impact do you see nerves having on the outcome of somebody's message or presentation? The, the biggest thing is that when we project or let those nerves take over, we come across as being unsure or not confident in the information that we're sharing or perhaps the recommendation that we're making. And both of those things typically show in the form of physical or vocal cues. So it might be things like somebody speaks softly, typically a lower volume. You can tend to hear people who have more of that voice quiver which indicates that they might be nervous or uncomfortable. They might be pacing in the front of the room where they're walking or moving all over. Again, that's a sign of nervousness or somebody being uncomfortable. Perhaps you're fidgeting. Maybe you don't have any or very little eye contact with the people you are speaking to. So all of those things can impact how your audience views you and their confidence that they have in you as a speaker or somebody delivering information to them. Mm -hmm. And this comes back to those aspects of what we can control. We like to tell the people we work with, even though you might feel every cell in your body is overcome with nervousness, if you understand how to manage your body language and the way your voice is coming across, People don't have to know that you're nervous. You might feel it on the inside, but it does not have to physically manifest itself in the way that you deliver your message. Absolutely. Yep. Mindset plays a big role in nervousness or anxiety. What are your thoughts on the role that mindset plays? Yeah, I think it plays the biggest role. And there's this great video I've mentioned before on previous podcasts. I love Simon Sinek. There's a great video that he has on nervousness and anxiety, and he talks about reframing your mindset when it comes to nerves. The gist of the video, and it's a pretty short video, I highly recommend people check it out, just Google search it, but the gist is that he says, instead of framing it as nervousness, frame it as excitement. He says, think about the cues for nervousness or excitement. They're the exact same. Your heart races, your palms get clammy, you visualize the future. So instead of telling yourself, okay, I'm really nervous. This is a big event. I have to do well. 
reframe it simply as this is really exciting. This is a huge opportunity and I'm going to do so well. And he said it works beautifully. It does play a major role if you have beliefs about yourself of the type of person you are. And I am not someone who does well in speaking in front of people. That belief, regardless of whether you vocalize it or not, that belief is going to show up in your behavior. Every, all of our behavior starts with beliefs. And so to, if you're someone who feels overcome often by nervousness or anxiety, when you're speaking in front of a group of people, I would encourage you to look at what are some of the beliefs I have about myself Mm -hmm. in this particular role. Yeah. And we, I think that's a great point you're making part of it. And we talk about this a little bit in our active listening skills program. Be aware of your inner voice. How do you talk to yourself? Are you somebody that's really overly critical? You tend to put yourself down or tell yourself that you maybe aren't good enough or you're not successful in what you are doing, or do you have that supportive inner voice that you are your own cheerleader? But being able to tell yourself that I can do this, there's that saying out there, fake it till you make it. A lot of that comes into play. You might not feel confident. You might not feel good being in the front of the room. But if your audience can't sense that, they don't know it. Mm -hmm. Which is often why we tell people not never to verbalize to your audience that you're nervous. We see a lot of professionals get up in front of the room. And the first thing they say is, I feel really nervous. I'm a little bit nervous today. When we encourage people not to do that, because as soon as you say it out loud, now you've drawn your audience's attention to that. And if their attention is on looking for proof or evidence that you are nervous, they're not focused on your message anymore. And that's really what's important. I also like to say nervousness comes from being self-focused. If we think about the where those nerves are being seated, often it's in thoughts of, are they going to like me? Am I going to mess up? Am I the right one to be delivering this presentation? If you notice all of those thoughts begin with the word I, Mm -hmm. when instead, if we focus on what type of experience am I creating for the people I'm speaking to, and we allow ourselves to be others focused and I'm acting in service of the people I'm speaking to, I take a lot of pressure off of myself because it's no longer about me. It's simply asking, how do I need to show up for this to be a positive experience for the people that I'm giving a message to? Yep. Spot on. When you're working with clients, whether that be individually or groups that feel nerves or it's a hot topic for them, Mm -hmm. What are some of the strategies that you work with them on to put them in control of managing those nerves or anxiety? The biggest one, and it's the simplest one, is to practice. Practice, practice, practice your content as often as you can without getting into memorizing word for word the information because that can create and cause more nervousness at times. But we suggest to our clients, be comfortable with that information Practice it out loud because that's where you're going to catch areas that constantly trip you up or something is just not flowing and making sense. 
in your practice round, you get to go back, make any edits or change your talk track around a little bit so that it flows very smoothly the next time you, you give it or say it out loud. But that way, you're not building in any surprises for yourself. So many people's nerves come from not knowing what's coming on the next slide or not knowing what they should put up on a whiteboard or flip chart next. And so don't give yourself another obstacle. Be comfortable with that material so that when you get in the front of the room, the only thing like you just mentioned that you have to focus on, how is my audience receiving this? Mm -hmm. Is this a positive interaction? Do I want to look for more participation from the group or ask for their opinions or discussion? But you get to focus on in the moment rather than being so focused on, shoot, what's coming next? Where am I going? When you internalize your content to where you really know it, you're not having to actively be thinking, what am I saying right now and what is coming next, which doesn't allow me to actually connect with the people I'm speaking to because I'm having to turn inward and access my memory and say, oh shoot, what was I supposed to say next? What, where am I going with this? The more I have to focus on what I was trying to say, the less I'm able to focus on connecting with the people I'm speaking to. And I feel that disconnect. And now the nerves, it's almost a vicious cycle. The nerves start to come in again, again because I feel disconnected. I wonder if they feel disconnected. Yep. And it's a never ending circle, as mm-hmm. you said. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, the next thing I recommend slow down. It's counterintuitive because most people, when they're nervous, they want to go faster. They want to get that information out so that the meeting is over quicker and they're out of that anxiety-filled situation. But the faster we go, the harder it is to maintain that thought process, understand what I'm trying to share and create those connections between one thought and the next that are meaningful for my audience. So we encourage our participants to take pauses. Use that pause in silence to think about what you want to say next, and then look at somebody in your audience and continue speaking from there. And at first, it will feel very awkward and uncomfortable for a lot of people taking those pauses. It ends up being one of the, I'll say, best tips when it comes to managing nervousness just allowing yourself to slow down so that your mind isn't constantly three or four thoughts ahead of where your mouth is finishing the thought that you are sharing. Mm-hmm. And often when people hear us rushing mm. through our message, that can be perceived as they're tr- they either think they're wasting my time and this message isn't important to them. They want to get it over with, or they have this memorized and they're trying to get the words out and neither of those helps us. Yep. I want to leave our listeners with three big takeaways related to what we've covered. And I'll share the what I believe is the first one and then you can add in the last two. The first one is knowing you can feel nerve nerves inside. Most of most of us do. Those do not have to show up on the outside. Those two things do not need to, they're not necessarily correlated. You might be oozing nervousness on the inside, but if you have a skill set to rely on in terms of knowing how to manage your body language and your voice, they do not have to show up on the outside. What would you say are the other two big takeaways? 
I think the next thing to always tell yourself, remember your audience doesn't know what you're going to say next. They don't know what your talk track is. They don't know what you're supposed to say. So if you find yourself in a situation where I'm rambling, I'm not sure what I'm trying to say. I forgot the main point of this slide or this section that I'm trying to make. Take a pause, move to the next slide or onto your next piece of content and keep going. If you fall apart in the front of the room, it's really hard to pick your ego back up and that confidence and try and keep going from there. And it's harder for your audience to get past it as well. If it's something truly important, you can always add it in later. It'll come back to you when you're not searching in the moment for it. So I'd say that's the next big one. And then the other piece that is super helpful for, again, reframing that mindset, your audience is rooting for you to do well because it's less painful for them when it goes well for you and it's less painful for you when it goes according to plan. So if you can go in, yes, there's this element of your audience is scrutinizing you. Some people call it judging me, call it whatever you want. Of course, they are there to see, are you a subject matter expert? Do you have something worthwhile to share with me? But tell yourself before you get up or before you start speaking that your audience wants this to go as successfully as you do. Great. Fantastic. Jen, thanks for joining me today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Jenny. Thanks for listening to the Speak As Well As You Think podcast brought to you by Vautier Communications, and I am your host, Jenny Rierick. Vautier Communications is in the business of business communications. We coach and train both individuals and groups on how to elevate their presence and increase their impact through the way they communicate, present, and write. If you want to learn more about our in-person or virtual training options, visit our website, www.vautiercommunications.com. That's V-A-U-T-I-E-R communications.com. Thanks for listening.